SA Soccer Roundtable. Uh, my name is Harry Austin, and I will be the host tonight here. Uh, joining me tonight is Scott. How are you doing this evening? I'm good, man. It's uh, it's Tuesday, and we're almost there to a four-day weekend, so just counting down the uh, hours. So you got four days, and I took the week of Christmas off. So oh, you got the whole week. I have the whole week off. I don't know how that happened, but uh, I'm not complaining. So uh, with that here, so the big question is, is you got your Christmas shopping done or you still got uh, some stuff to do? So I think the wife got the Christmas shopping done, but uh, I still got to get her present. I'm not going to say that too loudly because she's in the other room. <laughs> so you're like me, although I know where my wife's present is. So I just have to do it. And then we got to get the the kid's big gift. I think we're going to, you know, get them bikes this year uh, oh, for that here. So, but, uh, so, but yeah, so uh, next week's Christmas. So next week's show might be to, to be determined. This might be the last show um, until the new year, unless there's, uh, you know, other information from San Antonio FC or other big information come out. Um, so this might be the last show of 2018. So uh, let's kick it off with some UPSL action. Uh, Unfortunately for San Antonio, uh, the the runners lost to Dallas Elite in a, in a very competitive uh, match. Uh, Scott, you were there. Uh, what can you tell us about the uh, match uh, between the runners and uh, Dallas Elite uh, last Saturday? Yeah, so they actually played that game uh, out there at the Star Soccer Complex um, on the field that the academy kids usually play on. So uh, it's a really nice, nice field out there. Uh, it was pretty windy, um, and uh, Dallas Elite just uh, looked like the better team kind of from the get-go. Um, the runners couldn't really create too many chances uh, in the first half. Uh, I think they only had one shot basically on goal. And uh, Youssef, a keeper for the runners, had some big saves early, but just couldn't, you know, uh, keep stopping them. And uh, the first one that they scored, I think he probably would have liked to have back. Uh, they took a crack at, um, at him from outside the 18, and uh, he went to kind of scoop it up and just mishandled it a little bit. And I think the ball was knuckling it, just kind of backspinned on into the goal after he tried to catch it. Um, and then the second one, there was really nothing he could do. But uh, the runners just unable to really kind of mount much of a counterattack against what looked like a, a more technically able uh, Dallas elite team. So they go to the finals, and they will face Innocentus uh, FC, uh, who took out Houston FC 4-1. to one. Uh, So it's another uh, battle of the north. Uh, so here's my question to you, and, and you're from uh, the north here, if, if memory serves me correct. Correct is there just better talent up there um, as far as the difference? Cause you know, you know, no offense, but the South, uh, you know, you know, I don't, you know, outside of Houston has not won a playoff game outside of Houston FC uh, who beat round rock. Um, but anytime a South or Heartland has faced the North, uh, they've unfortunately ended up going home with, uh, with the loss. So is this just the talent that much better you know, in, in the North or, you know, just, just, you know, those two teams, Dallas lead and innocent are just kind of the exception, you know, just because they're well ran and, and uh, through their, you know, through their, what, what, you know, in your, in your view, what, what kind of makes up the difference you think? You know, and I, I, that's probably a great question for like Matt, who hopefully we can have back on here again soon, uh, because as far as like the UPSL teams go, I'm not too familiar with the uh, the teams up north other than just having seen Dallas Elite play uh, this past weekend. But um, if memory serves me right, I, I know that they've been around for a little while uh, just from looking at their crest. I think Dallas Elite uh, might be from 2006. Was that when they were founded? Uh, I believe so. So I, I know like when it comes to, you know, high school soccer and stuff like that, there, there's usually, you know, a team from the South. Um, you've got a team from Houston that does really well uh, that won it last year. And then, you know, you got a couple schools there uh, in the DFW area that do pretty well. So in regards to kind of that age group, um, it, it's, it's a pretty even, even playing field. There might be a little bit more talent up North, a couple, couple more schools that, than what you really have down here in the, uh, the San Antonio area. Mm -hmm. 
but I don't know how much of that might be, you know, through things like other factors, like, you know, just how long they've kind of been uh, in existence and stuff like that. Well, the other thing, and I, and I wonder about is um, they've got, you know, what NPSL teams up there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it's what the uh, Fort Worth, the uh, Vaqueros or whatever. And I know Vaqueros, I yep. that, <laughs> it's okay. Vaqueros, yeah. um, but they have more of that history. Um, I know Houston has the Houston Dutch Lions that, that you, know, we, you know, we were lucky enough to attend uh, a couple of years ago in the Open Cup. Um, but I think for San Antonio, uh, just kind of speaking, you know, with, with San Antonio, I think that's that's a hole that, that, you know, San Antonio's got the pro level, but I think as far as if you're talking like amateur or lower level pro, that's something that, that you know, San Antonio needs to, you know, kind of, you know, have step up. And I think this year, and we'll kind of go over – uh, the area teams with, you know, with the runners, you know, uh, FC Thunder, Bernie and, and Samba, you know, just to see, you know, especially from the progress, because you and I have followed, you know, Samba from year one to year two. And this year we had two new teams with the runners and FC, uh, you know, with, Ber- with Bernie. You know, Bernie Thunder. To me, I think you can see, you know, at least in my opinion, that the jump from year one of UPSL here in San Antonio to year two has been pretty significant. And I think, Part of the reason why the teams from the north, you know, do quite a bit better is because they have been around longer. They have a little bit more history. They have that, you know, a little bit more of that pyramid, you know, you know, built in where, you know, San Antonio is establishing it. And and Houston, I think, has some of it. Um, And like I said, I'm kind of surprised, you know, just, you know, that Athletico Katie hasn't been able to put it together in the playoffs because during the regular season, they just, they just run over everybody, um, you know, with the exception, you know, the, the first loss to Samba. Um, so to me, you know, I'll be looking forward to see um, the jump that, you know, San Antonio and Houston makes to try to, you know, get closer to the talent that's in the North. So, um, but as we've discussed here, so, you know, just to kind of compare this year, quick rundown is of, of the UPSL teams, because, you know, unfortunately the season's over for us. Uh, the runners finished uh, 12 wins, three ties, one loss, which was to Dallas Elite um, in the playoffs. Uh, FC, you know, Thunder, Bernie, Bernie Thunder, I like to call them, but uh, they're officially FC Thunder, uh, went, you know, had eight wins, uh, two ties, four losses, and they missed the playoffs by one point, and it was a pretty devastating loss where they lost to FC Waco very late in the match. And then Samba, uh, you know, had four wins, uh, one tie, five losses. Uh, they missed the playoffs and, and, you know, unfortunately for them, they ended up, you know, in the season, you know, with four losses in a row. Uh, Cause early on they were, you know, they were looking outstanding and then they had the rainouts and um, unfortunately for them, they just weren't able to recover with the heavy, heavy schedule down the end. So, in your view, how, how how did how did the teams do? You know, how would you how would you rate the UPSL action in San Antonio this year? So uh, just kind of like an overall, both on and off the pitch. Yeah. Um, well, I think first and foremost, you know, you got to look at the runners. This was obviously their uh, inaugural season, and uh, I think um, you know they they do kind of check the boxes for uh, the goals that you can imagine uh, that they probably set for themselves. This being their inaugural season. Uh, you know, making the playoffs, being one of them, uh, being competitive on the field, you know, getting a group of guys out there that's going to give you a chance to win each match, you know, mm-hmm. obviously having or going undefeated during the regular season. That's a that's a pretty big accomplishment, you know, whether it's your your first year or especially that it's your first year. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, you know, I think if, if you wanted to give it a letter or something like that, I'd definitely have to kind of give them an A. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Samba and, and their really great start to the season and, and kind of getting it done on the road and then just uh, unfortunately uh, not able to close late. Uh, my understanding is they had a, a little bit of just uh, some roster problems and things like that, you know, there towards the end of the season due to some of the rainouts and, and stuff like that where it got a little bit more difficult to really field your best starting 11. Correct. Um, but did a great job, you know, off the pitch, as always, tagging stuff on social media, you know, and everything else. And, and the runners did a good job of that as well. So I guess I, I kind of put them right there to be uh, just behind uh, the runners. And then I, I think Bernie did a decent overall job. Obviously, you know, their on-the-pitch product was pretty good. Uh, my understanding just from uh, the few matches that I saw of theirs and uh, talking to some other people about the organization is, you know, it's a little bit of a younger, a younger team. 
uh, right now. So, uh, but I thought they did really well. Would have maybe just liked to see a little bit more social media wise, you know, or, or I didn't actually get a chance to make it out there to a game. I, I know you did for the first half. So I, I think, you know, Bernie City Park sounds like an awesome event and they did a great job there. Uh, so I'll give them a B as well. Yeah, so the runners obviously have to be an A. Anytime you go undefeated um, your first season, uh, you make it to the playoffs and um, you lose to one of the top teams in, in, in the Central Conference. <clears throat> you can't, you can't, you can't really say anything else. And, and I know Mason's done a great job being, you know, active, you know, with with the social media, which is a big point on mine. Um, I gave FC, I gave uh, FC uh, Thunder Bernie, um, you know, kind of a B as well. Um, I think they had probably the more traditional uh, first year where, you know, there were some growing pains um, you could see in some of the matches. Um, and a lot of it, I think, is just with the young roster that they had, um, you know, mixed with, with, some, with, some, you know, some, with some veterans players. Um, I really enjoyed their park. Um, you know, it was a great family atmosphere. The kids, just like at the runners match, you know, were able to get out and play behind, uh, behind the field. So, you know, you could bring the whole family out there. And uh, what I liked about, you know, you know, Bernie Thunder is that it's, it's a really an academy setup. So um, like we've talked about with the women's, with the classical elite and stuff like that, where, you know, they're progressing to, to give, um, you know, the kids that, you know, may have kind of have that talent above their age group to where you can kind of get that semi-pro feel. It kind of gives them that, that avenue. And, you know, I would expect kind of uh, the next year or two, that, you know, they're, they're really going to, you know, step it up as, as far as level on the field. Uh, Samba, you know, like I said here, it was kind of two seasons. You know, you had the early part where they had a lot of success. And then they had the rainouts, and then they had, you know, injuries and, and, you know, roster, you know, just roster issues. And, and, you know, unfortunately, if you're not playing, you know, with, with your best 11, you know, you know, you know, especially in the South playing against the Houston teams, it's going to hurt you. But I give them a, a B as well. I would have gave them an A if, uh, you know, if uh, John would have, you know, got us a scarf uh, this year, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe next year we'll get the uh, Samba scarf, but, uh, uh, for that, you know, for that here, just a little inside joke, uh, uh for there here. But, uh, you know, I just, I, th I think overall, you know, I think the, uh, the three teams did well. Um, now we do have to, uh, you know, pour a beer out for Mac FC, you know, they were, uh, one of the teams at the start of the season. And, and unfortunately we never heard why, but, uh, they, uh, had to forfeit all of their games. And, you know, so of course they get an incomplete, um, you know, as far as UPSL action, you know, technically they were part of the league um, if you're looking at the standings. Um, but uh, they unfortunately, you know, were here and gone uh, without really any, 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 well, there was no social media on them. Uh, so, and, you know, when Jose tried to contact them, they couldn't. So, but on the bright side, uh, we got some SAFC news coming on. Um, probably the big news is going to be the home opener, uh, March 9th against Phoenix Rising. The time hasn't been announced yet, but I would probably assume it's going to be 7.30 like normal. Uh, what kind of fan interaction do you see or what, what kind of fan attendance do you, do you anticipate showing up for the first game this year? I hope it's huge. I mean, ha have they ever, they've never had a home game or a season opener at home, right? I know the last two haven't been. No, okay. they've always opened on the road. First, first, you know, home season opener, which, which I think is huge. And then uh, going to be playing Phoenix rising, which, you know, we talked about last season about, you know, how that's almost kind of become uh, one of our big rivals. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's definitely a good test for the uh, first game of the season. I feel like, so, I mean, I worry about it. And the reason why you got Devin Vega coming to town, um, still unknown about Billy Forbes, uh, you know, just listening to, you know, rising as one podcast, they don't anticipate him to be back. Um, but there really hasn't been any news of where he's going to land as of yet. Um, but you know, they've built a real offensive side, uh, so far. And, you know, they even signed a, a player from the Red Bulls, uh, today, um, you know, more of an, an attacking mid um, that will that 
makes me have concern, you know, because if you look, you know, it's no secret San Antonio is replacing its entire defense, you know, with the defenders. You know, it's, you know, basically if you played defense last year, you're not here. Um, so, so, <laughs> so to, you know, have your first game against an attacking style like Phoenix scares, scares me to death because, you know, you don't have that you know, that ability to kind of grow in mm-hmm. you know, basically you're, you're facing probably the, in my opinion, probably the West, you know, the USL's West best offensive team. So let know. me ask you, let me ask you this, Harry, would you rather, I, I, I get what you're saying. Would you rather face this team early on? Could that also be an advantage maybe when they're not clicking like they, they, they could potentially be later on in the season? Well, which is easier to click on offense or defense to get to, to get to know. I've always thought defense takes a little bit longer to, you know, especially because you look, you know, we only got one, 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 one goaltender at this, at this time, Matt Cardoni, which I think most people think he'll be the starter. I still think it depends on who they bring in. Um, You know, we've got two, two center backs on right back, which we'll talk about later on. So you've got to establish that communication and, Phoenix has lost Cortez, you know, the big guy up the middle, but they're replacing him with, you know, uh, I think it's John from an MLS player, you know, from the Columbus crew, um, who's that big, you know, forward that, you know, kind of, you know, kind of in, in my mind, kind of the Frank the Tank mold that, you know, that's kind of a poacher up there that'll okay. be able to fin- finish away. They still got most of their midfield coming back. The wingers yeah. are, you know, mostly coming back. Yeah, they lose Drogba, don't, you know, but they played the majority of last year without him. So on the offensive side, they're bringing everybody back that they had. True. So, you know, to me with Phoenix, you've got, you know, and the good thing is we're bringing back, you know, attacking players on us. So I'm going to expect it to be a higher scoring game um, than what we're probably used to, which, you know, I won't complain about. But if you're asking me, I'd rather face them later on in the year once you got the defense kind of set. To me, this makes the preseason, you know, the friendly schedule extremely important. And hopefully Coach Powell isn't searching for lineups like he was last year. Because if he is, you know, like I said here, and then we got to see what the rest of the schedule come out. And, you know, based on last year, it wouldn't shock me if it comes out um, end of this week because last year it came out a week after, uh, after the uh, home openers were announced. So it wouldn't shock me this Friday or, you know, Thursday or Friday that we get the – get the release although that's not official it may be after you know maybe after the new year's because i don't know how much business will get released between this friday and, and the first of the year uh for that here so to me i if if it's me i'd rather have a couple of weeks before i faced phoenix just just my thinking here yeah no i mean they're, they're, it's definitely you know we put the poll up on twitter and um you know it it surprised me because for a while there uh it was neck and neck um you know with phoenix and, and austin obviously mm-hmm. being the the next game or, or their kind of uh their home opener but um yeah it's, it's a huge matchup for us uh, i'm curious what do you do you think san antonio fc does anything different though for the preseason we're starting to see some of these preseason games announced and I know we've kind of talked about that before where San Antonio FC doesn't really do anything too exciting for the preseason. Do you think it'll be different this year? I hope it will, but, and, and, and I guess we got to, to be fair, we got to see what the schedule is. Cause if you open up, let's say with Phoenix and then, you know, let's say if you get, you know, let's say an early uh, RGV. Well, not even RGV. Cause I think RGV is going to be decent this year. Cause I don't expect a lot of turnover from them. And they were better in the second half of the year than they were at the beginning. But let's say if you get a, a, you know, a Sounders two or, you know, lost dose, or um, I think the Monarchs are going to fall down the standings this year. You know, if you get somebody uh, like that, or, you know, one of the new expansions teams like El Paso or New Mexico, um, if you get one of the teams like that, you know, losing, you know, losing or tying that, you know, to Phoenix rising won't hurt you. But to me, if you, if you build, if you start out the seasons, you know, let's say if they, you know, play another um, elite team uh, and you, you start out, you know, let's say, 
you know, two losses and, and, and a tie or win. To me, that, you know, and it depends on how they play, don't get me wrong. But to me, that's coming off of last season, that doesn't help re-energize the average fan, not, 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 you know, not the supporters, not, you know, Mission City, you know, the Crocketeers, you know, 210 Alliance, not those are the season, season ticket, ticket members. members. Yeah. But the average fan to be able to, cause that's, that's the difference in Toyota field is if, you know, you got, you got the, you know, three to 4,000 season ticket supporters It'll that be come out no matter what, but to me to go from, you know, there's a huge difference between 5,500 and 7,000 know, of real fans that are there, not just, you know, tickets counted. There is in terms of atmosphere, environment, all that kind of stuff, noise, absolutely. <clears throat> and we know, and, and it's just sports in general, you know, if you get off to a slow start, it can hamper that atmosphere going forward. So, and to me, I don't know about you, but I think if Coach Powell gets off to a slow start, I think pressure builds on him. You know, Do you think this is the season? Do you think this is the year? So this is year four, four for him, and he's only made the playoffs once. I mean, yeah. Is, is this the – we brought in the assistant coach. We've talked about that a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Is, is this the season where, you know, he's kind of on the hot seat, you think, where something might happen midway through? I think it would be. Do you? <sighs> I know he does a lot for the program. That's the problem is he does a lot for the program. But you got to have the results. Yeah. And if you look at the coaches being hired, you know, you have what, Seguer, was it the, you know, the interim coach for the U.S. men's national team end up ending up in North Carolina that was, I think, announced today or, or yesterday. You got Eric Winaldo that's, you know, in Vegas. You've got a lot of talent coming in as far as for the coaches. You know, you know the USL can get quality coaches. And to me, if you're not putting an attractive – and I'm not saying Coach Powell doesn't put an attractive product on on, on the field, but Somewhere. if you're not getting attract, you know, getting the results, which results, you know, and and we are in a results oriented business, you know, uh, it's sports, you know, it's you know, there's only a certain amount of teams that qualify for the playoffs, and to me, if you miss the playoffs three out of four years, with the expectation, because remember Tim Holt last year said, you know, championship or bust, right. And we didn't make the playoffs, let alone the championship. So I think, I think he would be on the hot seat. And, and I think, you know, you and I both know there is a quality coach on the bench, which has, you know, which has won a title here in San Antonio before. You know, I'm not calling for him to replace him by any means. Sure. But it also tells me that San Antonio FC is also, you know, doing its homework and, and setting things up in case they have to pull the trigger, in my opinion. It does. It almost does look like a, a contingency plan, doesn't it? That's a great point. Because well, if you, you know, and, and like I said here, it's, I think Coach Powell has done a lot of good and, and for the average fan, they probably don't realize how big of an impact that he has on the program. But, you know, you got to have fans and fans in the seats. You know, it's 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 a business. You know, as much as we like to say, hey, it's about the results on the field and and you know the love of the game. You know, SS and E looks at it. You know, hey, you know we're you know number one, they're most likely going to have to pay five million dollars because most likely they're not going to MLS in the allotted time frame. So, you know, you want to be able to try to you know you know create as much buzz as you can, create as much. Um, excitement um, that you can because it's going to matter. And the other thing you and I haven't talked about is the the other football team coming into town. Um, one thing I've noticed is you can't go anywhere without you know finding was it the Commanders? I think is is what it is. It is. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, no, you right. can't go anywhere without seeing advertisements for you know already tickets and stuff like that. So you know. You know, and of course, in San Antonio, every every dollar counts, in my opinion. 
No, that's I mean that's a great point, and that's why I say I, I kind of brought that up, you know, after they they, they first announced it, because you just look at some of their different, you know, not that their season ticket holder events are any better than than San Antonio FCs, but people just get fired up a lot more for football here in Texas, and, and you see some of their stuff, and they're out there at walk-ons, you know, doing player meet and greets mm-hmm. and jersey reveals and everything, and I mean it's 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 gonna take away. I, I have a feeling some of uh, that thunder from uh, San Antonio FC. But the thing that I wish they would do is you don't – and I'm not talking about Twitter because on Twitter and I think Instagram, I, I'm not an Instagram guy, uh, Facebook, you know, they're there. But you don't – you know, when I listen to the sports radio, I, I don't think I've heard a advertisement from them as of yet, you know, about the upcoming – season you know to get your I tickets i think that would probably depend on which radio station you listen to because i know the tickets done a ton with them uh as far as like uh interviews there at walk-ons and stuff like that being no with, with san antonio fc or with the, the oh Command- i'm sorry with the uh, commanders not with yeah with the commanders are everywhere but yeah, for san antonio sorry. fc i haven't heard of any of any really news outside of of you know twitter and and facebook and and along those lines I haven't seen them do a whole lot of marketing or advertising outside of that realm. You know, whereas with yeah. the commanders, you go, there's billboards, you know, they're on TV, you know, they're on the you know radio stations, you know, the, you know, to me, they're everywhere. And mm-hmm. that's one thing that with San Antonio FC, they did that year one, a little bit year right. two, we're year four and, you know, basically they're MIA right now. So, um, but you know, I, I th- well, I think you still get more um, of the hockey coverage, you know, as far as announcements with the Rampage than you do San Antonio FC. And I know it's December, but why wouldn't you be trying to build up that brand, especially where you know, hey, March 9th, we already know Phoenix Rising's coming. Come see, you know, you know, come see the new San Antonio FC team. You know, you could have pictures of Lance Lang you know, you know, Everett Guzman with, you know, with his spin cycle. So there's, there's some things that you could do that would start to create that buzz that I think they're missing out on. Yeah. Well, and especially this time of year, you know, people are buying Christmas presents and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, how many of those might be a season ticket membership to one of those other teams? But so now as far as player movement, just to kind of recap here, uh, so in December, because uh, I don't know if we've touched base on a lot of the players, we have uh, not. Kai Green came over on December 6th. Uh, he's a right back, uh, comes in from, you know, our neighbors to the south, uh, RGV. Your thoughts? You know, I, I kind of at first um, when we signed him, uh, it was, uh, you know, I was a little interested just because it said, you know, that he also played center back. So I'd like to try and I, find out a little bit more about when he played center back or, you know, just his preferences, why that was mentioned. Because, uh, you know, they hadn't made any news of, of SIP at the time whenever he first got announced, if I remember my, my timeline correctly on this. And then it was about uh, a week later that, um, you know, Sip um, announced his departure or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. and then you know, eventually uh, announced that he's going to be playing there for Tulsa. But when we first signed him, I, I was kind of thinking that he might be a nice piece um, to Cyprian, uh, more as like a, an attacking, like a replacement for King uh, than like a, a fill-in for Sip, obviously. But, um, you know, just from looking at his stats and everything else, um, I thought he would be more of like a king replacement. Mm-hmm. But I thought that, that RGV had a, a pretty subpar defense last year, did they not? I mean, is, is this the guy that we should be excited about for his defensive ability? Well, if we're thinking of him like king, I don't think he's – at least on how he played at RGV, it doesn't look like looking at the stats and, and – I don't remember RGV having their fullbacks press up as much as, as San Antonio does. Okay. To me, he, you know, uh, what it was, what Palacios uh, Milton who played the right back, right. And uh, I'm trying to think of the other guy. Um, Ojong um, played on that side as well. Um, you know, back, you know, two years ago, cause King, I don't, I don't see him as being as, as aggressive as, as King was, uh, you know, because he bought it, he 
King brought in a different dynamic than what we had seen before. So, which I guess could be good and bad because the year before were, I think, you know, it was more Cochran's side that, that went more attacking um, and, and, and the right side stayed, you know, stayed, stayed back. So I'm hoping that they bring in more competition. If green starts, you know, I don't think he's as good as, as I don't think he's as good as, as King is. Um, now, whether that's a product of being in the RGV system and, and thirst style compared to the San Antonio system, I think that will, you know, we'll have to kind of see how that, how that, how that comes through, but I'm excited for him. One thing I don't like is we keep going to the RGV Houston dynamo system and outside of Sebastian, really, we haven't got any, any results from them in my opinion. You know, and I'd be interested too. Um, you know, they have the, uh, the the practice squad, and we hadn't really heard of too many players, you know, being moved up that way. You know, at least maybe getting a look or, or something like that outside of you know maybe an open cup game. Can you think of any any players that we've really brought up from like our own kind of practice squad or anything? Outside, of, as far as on the defense, no. Um... You know, because they brought in what was it? Austin, was it Austin Dunker that they signed him for an Open Cup game? It was the game That's that what was I thought. over? It was a, you know, but he wasn't in the SAFC system. Okay. Um, you know, because he was—I forget—he was from one of the NPSL teams, I think. Okay. Um, at that time, you know, obviously there's Bryant. Brian's the biggest one that's came up through the system, I guess you could say, but he's more, you know, more attacking, which, you know, we haven't heard anything about him as of yet. Um, so with green, I'm kind of a wait and see kind of mode here. Um, I think he'll be solid, but I don't think he'll be spectacular if that makes sense. Okay. Well, we'll have to wait and see how, how, how that plays out. And, and like you said, there could still be some competition there for that job. Well, they got to. They only got three defenders right now. So. No, I, I get that, but I get yeah. there for the right side. But yeah. yeah. So the next signing we brought in, which, to be honest with you, uh, shocked me, was Alex Bruce uh, coming in as a forward on December 12th um, after not being able to find uh, the field um, in the second half of the season. I won't lie to you. I thought he was out of here. Um, you know, just, you know, throw it here. But uh, – He's coming back, and you know I think the biggest way you can, the biggest hint that I think that we kind of knew he was still going to be part of the team is because they keep promoting him, you know, on the goal of the year, um, which you know if you can please vote for that, uh, he needs all the votes you can get because uh, a Swope Park player is uh, winning the voting contest, even though there's no Swope Park fans. Um, if that makes sense, I'm not saying anything voting bot, but uh, it, it is what it is. Although I'm kind of support, you know, I won't lie to you. If 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 it, if Bruce's goal was on anybody else's team and he went up against Jason Johnson, I would have voted for Jason Johnson. But yeah. you know, Bruce's goal was San Antonio, so of course you got to vote for San Antonio. But uh, it is what it is in that type of competition. Right? <laughs> it is what it is. You got to vote for <laughs> team even. You got to vote for your team, but uh, you know, for that here. But uh, your thoughts on um, Bruce coming back? Obviously, excited to have him back. Um, hopefully, he gets some more minutes. Like you said, uh, we're kind of just reading tea leaves and everything at this point for player signings because we're that bored and everything. They don't seem to be making too many announcements or, or anything. So you had kind of mentioned uh, beforehand that you thought that due to the the promoting of the uh, goal and everything that, uh, you know, maybe he would stick around and lo and behold, he did. So, I mean, hopefully he makes it further than just the bench at uh, some of these games. I think you'd have to, right? You know, you'd expect the, you know, for him to stay. Well, no, you'd expect his talent from year to one, year to two. Cause like we saw with Presley last year, you know, cause he had some holes as much as, as, as we love Bruce, he's not perfect. He he had some holes in his game, and and you know, you know, there's some things that you know I'm sure he would even say that he needed to work on. 
I'm personally a believer that the way you get better is by action on the field. Um, so I got to think with, with so far just with two forwards with ever, um, you know, with, with Bruce, although ever doesn't come out, that's the only problem with him, you know, cause he's a 90 minute guy um, is, you know, I wonder if you could see maybe Bruce, you know, Bruce kind of, you know, you know, in, in that attacking, you know, uh, midfield spot or maybe a little bit on the wings, maybe if, if that's a possibility. Um, but I, you got to get him out here. He's just, he's just, yep. got that, he's just got that talent. Yeah. Um, the next one that came in and, and this one here is, hold on one minute here, just to make sure I don't mess it up here. Uh, Pasquale uh, Ubosi, um, he played last year with um, Colorado Switchbacks. However, technically he is on loan. Hold on, let me pull up his team. Sorry, I had everything yeah. but that. He is on loan. Was it a Poland team? Yeah. Because this was one that, yeah, I didn't know too much on. I saw the announcement kind of come through and everything. I think I even saw it the next day because did they announce this one like on Friday? Yeah, it came out on From Friday here. MFK Viskov. Yeah. So, but he comes on loan. Um, it was funny on the release. Um, it says they signed midfielder, but yet they announced him as a center back. So I think he's, right. I think he's that versatile, you know, kind of Ryan uh, Rochandel type player that if you needed him to play up in the middle, he can do that. But I think for San Antonio, they're gonna they're gonna try to keep him, um, you know, more you know more more in in, in the back there. So um, with him, he's a young guy, so he's got talent. Um, looking at his, uh, you know, you know, look looking at his stats here, he did pretty well. He had quite a few interceptions in his limited time with, uh, you know, with uh, Colorado Springs, um, with the switchbacks. You know, had you know. You know, because he only played uh, 14 matches. Um, he had 13 starts. So when he was on, you know, he, you know, he did uh, well there. Now I don't think he had any goals or anything like that here. Um, so he's truly a, a a a center back. You know, I have a full for San Antonio FC. Um, I don't know if he would be the starter. You know, right now he'd be the starter, but I don't know. You know, I see him more kind of in, in that third center back role. Um, possibly, you know, depending on how well he's made the jump uh, for that, because I don't think he's, you know, just looking kind of at the stats and, and, and you know, the views from, um, you know, the switchbacks, you know, speaking with some of the, you know, the people that I know that, you know, sort of there, they weren't expecting him back, um, which, you know, and it sounded like that they did, you know, it was one of those that, you know, hey, if we get him back, it's great, but if he's gone, not a big deal, if that makes sense, so, yeah. yeah, I think he's a good depth signing. I'd be kind of interesting to see what role that he fills uh, with it and, you know, whether he's going to be, you know, a starter or more, you know, that, that third center back on there. Um, the next one was just announced today. Uh, Amir Didik, um, center back, he comes over from Swope. Um, and this one I'm actually excited. Uh, I think I think he um, – you know, he's six, four, you know, he's got, he's got some meat on his bones. Um, you know, so he's, he's kind of a big guy, you know, he can finish, you know, as we saw in the highlights from there. Um, in fact, he scored on a, on a set piece, you know, against San Antonio. I actually kind of like this guy. He, uh, he was a first team all uh, USL in 2016 uh, for there. He, he has got a couple of um, opportunities with sporting KC so, you know, nothing, anything major by any means here, but, uh, you know, so he, he's that fringe MLS talent that's, yeah, I'm interested to see what he'll do in, in a coach pal system. Cause as we saw with Igabaga, you get the right center back there. You know, I think that's the key to, you know, how coach pal likes to go. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, it's, it's that French talent right there that this is kind of what you want to, you want to put your bet on, you know, right. Is, is, is one of those Ibiaga style players where 
you may not get them for a long time, but you're definitely going to get a lot out of them. So um, I was really excited about this signing as well, uh, obviously, especially after the, uh, the announcement of uh, SIP and everything. Mm -hmm. So uh, really excited to see what he can do in the upcoming season. I think this is a, a huge piece of our back line. Yeah, I'd pencil him as a starter. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, I know he was captain for, uh, you know, for Swope Park. Um, so to me, that also tells me he's got that leadership capability as well. Now, mm -hmm. I don't know if he'll be captain with, with, with the San Antonio FC, um, you know, you know, through there. But that tells me that he's got that leadership capability as well. So you mentioned SIP, uh, you know, and I know this is, you know, not really SAFC related news as far as for 2019, but uh, both of them landed with the team that we could not beat last year. And that would be Tulsa, uh, Sip and AJ Ojeka, um, who I kind of joked with them that, uh, you know, with, with him getting his red, you know, red card, <laughs> uh, you know, I know he's a friend of the program and he's been on and we appreciate that. And hopefully we'll be able to see if we can get him on again. Uh, yeah, but after his last uh, trip to San Antonio, both of them ending up in Tulsa, uh, I thought was kind of interesting. Um, tells me that Tulsa is probably going to be a little bit better this year than they were last year. Um, I know they've got some changes, you know, going on up there um, with the with the new manager, and, you know, and and some things to where I don't think they're going to be the dumpster fire uh, that they were. So I thought that was kind of interesting you know good and bad uh you know for you know for san antonio you know it's good to see uh former players continuing and be able to you know when they come back and visit to be able to say hi um but not good that they landed in tulsa who we couldn't beat last year <laughs> yeah what's up with that too i'll have to ask him or we'll have to ask him if, if we get them on and everything you know it seems like uh players kind of end up in pairs in the uh, USL, you know, with uh, Nashville and, and Phoenix and, and now Tulsa, you know, I wonder what type of communication those guys have, you know, did they, they know they're both going to end up there when they ended up there, you know, it'd be interesting kind of to hear the backstory to that. Yeah. Sip kind of surprised me. And, and the reason why is he came from Oklahoma city and just like here in San Antonio is a fan favorite there. Um, mm -hmm. he comes down here and, and Sip has, you know, a good following of fans down here. So it was kind of odd that he went to Tulsa and, you know, I kind of joked with him that, you know, that he joined the other, you know, that I was kind of shocked that he didn't go to the other Oklahoma city team or the other Oklahoma team, not the Oklahoma city, uh, for here. So I did find that kind of interesting. And, uh, you know, on a side note, if you follow the transactions, uh, Oklahoma City's hasn't signed a whole lot this year. Um, and today they had three players that went over to Hartford where, you know, with their old coach, Coach Nielsen. So I'm not sure the energy are going to be – it'll be as good. Now we'll see. You know, they always tend to put together a good product, so we'll see what they do. But uh, so far early on, Tulsa might be, uh, you know, battling for – you know, the You know, be the Oklahoma team to watch out for. But uh, – so with the four players that we got now, that gives us a total of 10 players. Uh, we got one goalie, Matt Cardoni, three defenders, yeah, Green, uh, Ibosi, and I'm sorry if I uh, chopped up your name and, and did it. Uh, four midfielders, Pekka, Lang, uh, Walter Restrepo, and Rafa, and two forwards, uh, Ever Guzman and Alex Bruce. So still lots of work to do, um, but I, can, I think you can kind of see – you know, the, the starting foundation of the team, you know, up front with, with, with ever, you know, Lang, I think is going to be a starter. I think the mid, you know, I think Pekka is going to be, you know, the de defensive mid. Um, I don't know if we're, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Restrepo is the one that, you know, starts opposite of Lang, uh, you know, on, on the left-hand side. Um, and the defense looks like it's starting to be pieced together. So still work to be done. Um with the season starting on March 9th, uh, I think I think I heard that camp opens the first week in February. So if you're really if you're really looking at it here, San Antonio's got about six weeks to fit, fill out the roster, which they usually carry 20 to 22, 24 players in season. Um, so expect you know a busy January uh, of player announcements because I, I think they'll probably get up to about 20 right as season, uh, right as the preseason camp starts, because they do leave a couple extra spots for, you know, typically young players or, uh, you know, you know, 
late season or late preseason MLS cuts, uh, you know, that they'll typically try to grab uh, a couple of players uh, at that point. But your thoughts on the roster coming down with what we've got so far with the 10 players? I mean, I was actually kind of just starting to get excited right there as, as you were kind of starting to name off, you know, what some of that starting 11 might look like. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of feeling pretty confident uh, heading into this season. Um, I mean, you know, last year, I don't know, I really uh, just heading into the, the season, I, I wasn't too sure, but I'm starting to kind of like some of the pieces that I'm seeing here in place. Obviously, the Lance Lang signing was huge. You know, bringing Alex Bruce back is big. The Dedic signing, I think everybody is uh, is really excited about. So, you know, pending hopefully a, a couple other big names uh, potentially or, you know, one or two missing pieces that, that they still have, I, I think you can start to get kind of excited over the, the core that you're seeing right now that San Antonio FC is putting in place. Do you see them going more aggressive or more offensively this year? Because it seems like most of the signings tend to, at least early, tend to lead that way. I think they have to. You know, you you, you nailed it uh, earlier on when we were talking on a, on a previous episode about the USL kind of turning into more of a goal-scoring league. So it's like, you know, you, you got to either get on board with that Unless you have, you know, those those MLS talented defenders, I just don't see us having another season like we did with Ibiaga where, you know, we can just play that strong defense and win games. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think just the talent the talent in the league is has grown so much that and especially on the offensive side, I think I think the talent's gotten, you know, a lot better now. I will also say this, and this is something that, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of see in a couple of years. The easiest path for USL to MLS is actually on the defensive side. So if you can show that you can shut down, you know, USL, you know, you know, offenses, you're typically going to get a better look at, you know, at the next level. And, And as much as, you know, as much as we want, you know, the players to stick around. I, w- I won't fault any player, you know, going up to MLS and getting, a, you know, a, ge- a bigger guaranteed paycheck. No. So nobody will. To me, if, you know, I know we say, hey, it's becoming a more defensive league, but in one of the things I think Coach Powell has an, you know, has an advantage for, and especially with, you know, you know center backs and, and defensive players, if you can show that, hey, I can excel in, you know, in, in, in with San Antonio on the defensive side, because you look at King, I know he went to Nashville, but ne- remember Nashville is going to MLS next year. So to me, it's a potential. It, it's, it's, it's a show what you got year to see if you can get the call up. Like, you know, a lot of the, you know, Cincinnati players that I think they brought, what, I think it's up to eight, nine, or well, they brought quite a few a of players. I don't have yeah, the, yeah. a specific number. I shouldn't just rattle off an, an estimate number. But they brought quite a few of their players, uh, their players up, and if you can get, you know, especially a player like King or you know, you know, let's say you know Amir, if if he can, you know, do a really great job here, and get that opportunity to go. So speaking of MLS, um, one final kind of bone to pick on: uh, New York City is having a friendly with Nashville. Uh, speaking of King as well. Any chance San Antonio gets on that action? <laughs> you know, I, I, that's what I mean about, you know, their preseason games. I just I, – I don't think so. I mean, I, I can't imagine that they haven't done anything in the past that would lead me to believe yeah. that they might schedule a match like that, you know? So, but, yeah, they'll probably bring in Dal- – what, typically they bring in Dallas. We'll, we'll go up there. No, we'll, we'll go up there, there. Bring them down here. We'll in there. the field. Um, yeah, that's right. They came down for Open Cup. That's right. Um, yeah. Well, I think we played Tulsa, what, the last two years preseason down here. That was um, more like a scrimmage, though. That's the scrimmage that you see. They'll yeah. typically do a couple of closed. Um, couple it'll be interesting to see where they go. Last year they went to Arizona. Um, and, you know, that's where Sonny, you know, trialist, uh, the famous trialist, got his contract and created some false hopes up for. Um, or if they go back to, or you know, Florida, to, you know, where they beat many you. So uh, expect to hear some of that preseason announcements probably coming out first part of the year uh, for that here. So 
we're almost out of hour here and then that's what you'd like to kind of keep it out here. Uh, kind of closing thoughts here for you. Any, any tidbits that we uh, did not get to on your uh, list? Yeah, I would just like to say um, I saw some stuff earlier this week with the uh, the boys, the, the, the San Antonio FC Boys Academy programs uh, doing some stuff there uh, with uh, presence and everything and spending the day there helping the uh, Salvation Army. So uh, I thought that was pretty neat, you know, that they're doing a, a lot of that stuff off the pitch and, and teaching them some of those important lessons. Also, huge shout out. I was trying to get some more information on this because I saw it earlier. Um, but Classic Elite and San Antonio City Soccer Club are also two clubs uh, being nominated or, or that just got awarded uh, into a, a program. And they're the only two clubs here in San Antonio. And I'm, I'm trying to get some more information on this program that they got selected for and, and find some more details on that. Um, but basically, it, it's just going in and, and making sure that the organizations are, you know, set up for the best possible um, environment for both the the players and the uh, the parents and everything so saw where they had just gotten awarded that and that's a national um type of award and they were the only two clubs here in san antonio to be awarded it so just wanted to give them a huge shout out as well and I'll, I'll try and find some more information on that yeah so my final tidbit and i'm, I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast you probably already know that but uh it's official. Uh, St. Louis has moved back to the East um, and they took Swope Park with them. So that's two playoff teams uh, that have moved out uh, of the West. Um, and Swope Park's always gave uh, San Antonio difficulties. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would like to say, hey, I'm upset about it. You know, I'm upset about not being able to go to St. Louis because that was going to be on, that was going to be my way of trip this year. Uh, but with them going to the East, uh, most likely I'm not, you know, won't be making that trip um, unless it just happens to fall, you know, on a, on a, on a schedule. Um, but uh, so, t- you know, that's the kind of USL big news uh, that they did to fi- uh, finally uh, confirm that. Um, so, but uh, for me, that's what I have here. And I would like you to end the, the uh, show there, Scott, cause you know, you got your, your patent, Go ending to where I can't replicate that and I don't want to replicate it. So we'll we'll let you close it out because you're the man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Harry. Well, appreciate you doing it tonight, man. This is the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We out. All right. And stop. Yeah.